The Wildcats are hot off a 38-3 win over Northern Arizona to open up the season. The victory was produced by five touchdowns coming from five different Wildcats, as well as a notable performance from the defense, holding NAU just to three points, the fewest amount of points allowed in a season opener for the program since 2013. As expected, Arizona's running backs showed a lot of depth Saturday night with Michael Wiley, Jonah Coleman, DJ Williams, and Speedy Luke all contributing significantly to Arizona's run game. So on this episode of the Wildcat Rundown, we sit down with the leader of that crew. Welcome back into the Wildcat Rundown and welcome this week's guest, the one and only Coach Scotty Graham. Thank you for taking time to speak with us today, Coach Graham. Thank you for having me. We are super excited to have you today. It's your third season here at Arizona and third season coaching college football. You've been involved in football pretty much your entire life, played in college, played in the NFL, spent 15 years in the NFLPA. You've been in the administration side before coming here in college athletics. So what has been unique about college football? What have you learned about the sport and the coaching position that you haven't in other areas? I think life is coaching. This is what you're coaching. Um, my history is I always wanted to be a teacher, so I'm just teaching football. But I think it's bigger than that because you have to take small things and the big thing is just coaching. I think it's a series of motivating them, learning them, loving them, and then teaching them. I mentioned your experience in the NFLPA, also working in college athletics. Do you draw from one experience, maybe your time in the NFL, more so than others when you're pouring into these guys? Just the experience and the amount of players. You talk about Warren Moon, Hall of Fame quarterback, was my teammate, Chris Carter, Roger Craig. So being able to talk to the guys and the principles don't change. They're just different people. You have to make sure you take care of the small things. If the small things aren't taken care of, they can't become big things. The habits you create now will carry to when you become a dad. And when I tell them at 18, if you're not doing what you're doing between 18 and 25, you're going to have a miser miserable 50-year-old. And um, I'm living proof of it because I decided to do the right things when I was their age. Mm -hmm. When I think of you, I think of that. I think of your intentionality, your confidence. When I run into you in the facility, we don't have just the normal interactions. You're providing wisdom. You're really asking, how am I doing? Why is that so important to you to be so intentional? I'm a Christian, and I think you should be a beacon of light. You should be a beacon of darkness. You have energy vampires. You have energy givers. I have an abundance of energy. I don't have any money to give you. I have a family to provide for, but I can give you some energy, give you a quote, give you some nuggets to make you feel better and make you think differently about it because most people don't use the number one muscle in the world, and that's their brain. They just do instead of thinking. If we were to sit in on a film room session or just a session with you in the running back room, what does that look like? Well, guys learn different mediums. Some guys are audio learners. Some guys are visual. And then some other guys got to sit on the board. So I'll make sure during that meeting, like an app, because they spend time on their phones looking. So my meeting has to be like an app. Has to start off maybe with some vocal and then maybe a little bit of music. I'll change it up on them because if you stay the same, then they're not going to move. You have to go. I believe some people don't believe in changing. But to me, if I don't go where they are, they won't receive the information. People figure I'm staying the same. We're the same way every day. OK, you try that. It's not going to work very well because that's not the clientele you're, uh, you're teaching at this point. That's just my philosophy. What is something that you want your players to take away from their time with you? Constant elevation causes expansion. That's from Rakim. 
constant elevation causes expansion. You have to constantly elevate yourself. You have to constantly change so you could expand your horizon. So constant elevation causes expansion. That's Rakim from Eric being Rakim. And you want to change. You can say the same principles. You're going to be on time. Say what you're going to do. That's integrity. But now let's change. So the four A's in the running back room are assignment, alignment, adjustments, and attitude. And if we start off with those four things, we got a chance to win. When was it that you knew that you wanted to go into coaching? Because you have a unique path. Everyone's path is different, but you spend a lot of time in more the administration side of football. Was coaching something in the back of your mind that you thought, maybe I'll do that one day? I think some of the most important people in my life are coaches. I can name them all from Pop Warner to now. I mean, Coach Fisher's a coach for me. Coach Darty's a coach for me. Coach Pow Pow, Coach uh, Cummings, uh, Swiss. I'm constantly getting coached. If you're not being coached in your life, then how are you getting better at your life? Everybody needs coaching. Everybody needs some mentor. So you have to put yourself in position to receive information. And if you're in position to receive it, you'll get it. Um, so to me, a quick story of my wife and I are watching college football. And I'm like, I need to do that. She goes, do it. And if you know me, don't challenge me to do anything. Because especially if I want to do it, you're not going to beat me. So she said, go ahead and do it. And I said, well, I better get some training. So I called my old running back coach, Bobby Turner, who's at Denver. And I believe the best running back coach in the world. I think when God made running back coaches, he created Bobby T and said, here's the model. He's got three or four Hall of Famers. He's got a couple of backs that had 2,000 yards. And everywhere he went, the backs got better. So I went out to visit Coach T, spent a week with him out there. And I'm like, man, I think I want to do this. And through relationships, it got to Coach Fish. And uh, we had a brief conversation. Then I got interviewed. And I'm sitting here three years later. So I, I made a really cool decision. And to me, if you hung around me enough, you hear me say, change your life. And then kids go, why do you say that? I'm like, because I changed mine. I had a great life being an administrator at the NFL PA. Then I said I wanted to be an administrator in athletics. And it's at one point I changed again. So you could always change yourself. So that's why people go, be the same person. Like, why would you do that? Be a different person every day. Be an improved person. And one of the things you hear me say, and I live by it, I want today to be so good that yesterday is jealous and tomorrow can't wait to get here. I love that. <laughs> Has anything surprised you about coaching? Anything you weren't expecting? It's harder than it appears because they're different. The monolithical approach will not work. Like, I'm coaching the same. No. Mike Wiley doesn't need a lot of coaching. Jonah Coleman is a detailed person. Some guys need a heavier hand than other. And I'm not a yeller. If you've been on a football, I'm not a yeller. I'm going to learn you, love you, lead you. And I think love hurts more than yelling. I just never like to be yelled at, so I'm not going to yell at somebody. I mean, I'll come on, let's go harder. I'll yell. Let's have a great practice, but I'm never going to, you know, undress a guy on the field. That's just not my style of coaching. You were captain of the Ohio State Buckeyes. During your time with the Vikings, they voted you um, the winner of the Ed Block Courage Award. So you've been a leader your whole life. To you, how would you define a good leader? Humble, hungry, selfless, confident, Red Bull, half, humility. So I want a lot of energy no matter what happens, um, even kill, no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. Like, if a play goes bad, I want to know what happened. Tell me what happened, okay? If you can't tell me what happened, I'm probably going to get upset at you. What happened on that play? And they'll look at me and they'll tell me, and it's pretty cool. So that's ultimately it. I feel like confidence definitely defines you, and you inject confidence in others around you. Where do you get your self-confidence from? The Father, Spirit, and the Holy Ghost. He says that I am. Most people don't know who they are. I know who I am. And you can't beat me at being me. You could beat me up. You could stick me up. 
but you can't beat me at being me. And when I learned that early in my life, that's when things took off because most people look in the mirror and want what other people want. I'm happy with what I got. J. Cole has a song, Be Happy With Yours. I'm happy with mine. I don't look at anybody else's backyard and go, I want that. Other people want what you have. So if they can't get what you have, that's the way they live their life. Whatever you have is for you. Whatever you have is for me. And this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. That's one of the gospel songs I love. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. I don't need a big light. Um, and I think also too, I've been where these kids wanna go. And it's hard. And so uh, for my job is to be able to paint a picture and draw for them what it looks like. So in, in essence, it's harder for them than it is for me because I know how the story is going to end. And they have to believe me. Um, I knew Mike Wiley was going to be a pro player. And if God allows, he's going to get drafted. I knew that. Now he finally believes in me because now he's reaping the benefits of what he's being taught. Jonah Coleman has a chance. Speedy Luke has a chance. Um, DJ Williams has a chance. We got some great backs. And to me, the best part about it, they're a selfless group. And that's pretty cool because all of them could come to me and go, I need the ball more because they're all really good. And um, I know a couple of people ask me, how do you handle that? I just telling them the truth. They want to know the truth. And if they know I'm a truth teller, they don't worry about it. Now, if they don't trust you, they don't believe you, they got to go to the source. But I am their source for what they need to know. And uh, we built that relationship. But it, it takes time to build relationships. And I believe in them. A story I'll never forget you sharing is that while your daughters were growing up, you never missed a game, that you were always there. Did you have the experience of coaching them too? I coached my son, uh, my son and my daughter. It, to me, it's just, it was important for them to see them because nobody saw me. So I basically took my life and said, what would I want in a parent? What would I want as a coach? Somebody's hard on me, somebody believes in me, hold me accountable, but love me. And that part of it, I think a lot of parents go, I'm in love with what you do, not who you are. And I always want my kids to know um, my son played lacrosse. I coached him. I didn't start him. And now he's 30. He tells me, Dad, I understand why you didn't start me. I knew he was the best player on the team, but I knew perception is reality. So every time we were losing, I put him in the game, we went. And he became the hero. But he never started. And now that he's 30, he goes, Dad, it's like one of the best experiences I've had in my life. And then my daughter, she's a ball ballerina. So I learned what a plie, releve. I knew it. <laughs> so I would go to the recitals. and I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's doing this. Look at her leaping. Um, you know, because I think also, too, you could judge a person on what their kids are doing. So my recruiting pitch is whoever's recruiting you, tell me how your kids are doing. Because if you can't help your kids, how are you going to help theirs? So to me, both my kids are successful. My son works for the Big Ten. My daughter works at a huge um, uh, advertising firm in New York City. Um, they're both successful. They never played professional sports. And both of them probably could have. But I didn't push that. I pushed education. The quality of life is totally different. This thing is called football. It's stressful. It has broken plenty of people, sports by itself. So the mental gym part of it, if you're not ready, you're not going to make it. It's obvious with your experience and your past that you value education. You accomplished and got your master's while playing in the NFL. How did you juggle that and having a family? It's about saying what you say you're going to do. I mean, to me, the Bible says, if you believe my people are dead because they lack knowledge, who they are. I told you, I learned early who I was, and I knew the responsibility of information. And information is truly power if you know how to use it. Information without knowing how to use it is reckless. So to me, I always want information, and I go, where did you read that at? Most people say things go, well, how do you know that? And I always start things off by quoting people because they said it so I could repeat it. They got, wrote, they got cliff notes about people that I speak about, Kipling or... Um, I mean, the Bible, Kipling, anybody else that I read, Diamante, um, those things, or lyricists, they said it. Like when Nas says, I am, 
That's the Bible. The Bible says I am the light, the spirit, and the Holy Ghost. I am a football player. I am a coach. I am on this podcast right now. So I can say it that way. Now, if you say I run this podcast, that's totally different. When you speak from that point of view, people are more accepted. And then lastly, make a sandwich. You know, when you're correcting people, hey, man, you did a great job. But you know you got to do that better, and I know you'll do it better. If you run to somebody and go, you got to do that better, then they're going to look at you with defensive right away. So if you approach them with a, a gentle hand, then you pop them upside the head, then you go, shake the hand, you're good. Like the Lion King. You know that monkey? Pap. He goes, what is that? He goes, it's the past. That's the past. Let's move forward. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about a tradition that you've had for the past several years, game day five. How did that come to be? I just wanted to make sure I put a skin in the game. Um, young people are looking for hypocrites, and I don't want to be that. I'm going to be far from it. And if I'm telling them to stay in shape and to run, and if I run five miles game day and I'm still coaching, you're not going to run five miles today, but I am. I do three miles on Tuesdays, two miles on Thursdays, and five on Saturday. And, you know, Coach T.O. does it with me. Usually everywhere I go, this, you know, Coach T.O. wants to do it with me. And I'm 54 now, so I'm like, I do another 50 minutes. I'm like, do I drop this down to 52 minutes, you know, when I get 55? But I'm like, I still do it, and, it, and it's pretty cool. And I, it's just a really good exercise or example for my running backs to go, yeah. Or they'll ask me, did you do it? I'm like, of course I did it. Because sometimes I send them a picture of it, a screenshot of it, and – just to motivate people, I think using my social media platform to go, you know, I'm doing this still. Why can't you do it? And being an example, I, I want to be that. I don't mind being an example of what it should look like, whatever the best version of me looks like, not what people expect me to look like. <laughs> you had some serious yardage during your time in the NFL. Do you think that was ever equivalent to the five miles you're running now, though? It was a lot different because they were chasing you. And I can run my own pace. T.O.'s not chasing me. And Coach Vaughn, I'm not getting chased. If you're getting chased with guys just as fast as you and bigger than you, that's scary. Next question I have for you is your wife is a phenomenal baker. It's always a good day in the office when you have some leftovers. And I feel like everyone's wife or mom has a, a go-to baking um, dish that they'll do. But your wife, I mean, she'll cook cookies, brownies, cupcakes. Everything is so good. But if it's a special occasion for you, like your birthday or something, what are you asking her to bake? She's going to make two things. I love her tuna casserole. She makes with salmon, which is off the chart. Um, and then I'll ask for bread pudding. Those are two things I'll probably have. And it's simple, but it's cool. Mm. Did How she baked for you your entire marriage? Yes. I mean, my kids' birthdays were unbelievable. The, you know, Dora the Explorer, Blue's Clues. I can name them all. Lion King. What else is up on Gullah Gullah Island? She made all those cakes and the, and the themes behind it. Barney, Baby Bop was her name, I guess. Yeah, she. the kids were just... And she's an artist, too, so she would draw with them. And so that part of their life... My kids have the most incredible life in the world. They both play piano. Um... They still play the piano when they come home just to play it. Um, my, my son actually has a keyboard in his apartment, so he plays it every once in a while in Chicago. So my kids had the most incredible life, the life that I wanted to have. You know, unfortunately, I didn't have that life, but that's fine. Um, but there, I was able to provide a life for them that I didn't have. Just like my running backs, I'm going to provide a life for them that I didn't have. So I think if you keep paying forward, you'll be happy. And those things, are they never run out. And J. Cole said something one time, if you invest in love, caring, Things don't cost any money. You can give it every day. If it goes back to what you want and what you got to have, those things are going to run out because ultimately you're not going to get what you want. So I try to give an abundance of what I can give every day. Do you have a favorite quote that you live by or are you always picking up a new one? Well, constant elevation causes expansion. I told you that. So I can't use the same stuff. So I finally always look for a new one. Um, There's one that I love. 
that thoughts determine what you want, actions determine what you get. And that's biblical too, because it says when people are dead because they lack work. People think in their mind, I'm gonna wish it. No, you gotta actually go out and run. You gotta actually go out and do things. Um, the life of entitlement is never going to work, especially in the sport of football. It's about the work and not laboring. They're two different things. Laboring is like ah, running out of full speed. No, be smart about it. Be tactful in what you're going to do. So really thoughts determine what you want. Actions determine what you get is one that I'm like. And then last one, if you cheat football, football is going to cheat you. Okay, let's jump into some fan questions. We had lots of people submit some. I'm going to start out with one from Tyler, and he asks, what is the biggest difference in the game today versus when you were lacing them up? Positionless football. You better be able to do everything. I mean, our backs will be at receivers sometimes. They'll be at running backs. They got to catch. They got to block. I mean, you got to know everything. It's positionless football. It's offensive-driven. Um, I, I came from 49er system, which is very similar to the system we play now. Play action, tempos, different tempos. Not much has changed in the sport of football, and that's what makes it really cool. Like, they didn't change anything since I played. I think they don't kick off a tee anymore. So the rules haven't changed a lot. I mean, basketball, they put the line back. They got raised the rim. They don't. They didn't do much in football because it's hard to change. I mean, the passing game is more prevalent now. But if you look at the era, the 49ers are always a great passing team. You know, they always passed. The West Coast offense was always a pass. And then you had the run and shoot, which is a, we have versions of that. Like, where it's five receivers on the field at one time. But now you can put running backs there, which makes a mismatch nightmare for linebackers. How different is college compared to when you were with the Buckeyes, though? Different. We had 14 guys in my room. I tell my running backs, our running backs, excuse me, we our, we ours. So our running backs, that we had 14. Out of 14, 10 of us played in the NFL for at least three years. It wasn't any mistakes. Go the wrong way one time. Drop one pass. I mean, it was. we used to laugh about it, but it's not funny when I think about it. Like, make a mistake. You might never play anymore. You know who Vince Workman is? Vince Workman, my freshman year, had 1,400 yards, I think 10 to 12 touchdowns. They switched in the wide receiver. That's how good we were as freshmen. But Vince Workman played 10 years in the NFL because he can catch the ball. So in that room, it was like, you make a mistake. You don't have to make a mistake. Just be in the room. I mean, I literally missed the game. I was telling DJ today, because all my running backs come by and visit. And I say, our running backs, not mine. And I said, D, you know, we had uh, you know, one game. He said, you missing the games? I said, our hamstring was a little tight. We played Louisville, I think in 1990. Jeff Cotton ran eight carries for 117 yards. My hamstring got good really fast. My hamstring doesn't hurt anymore. I played with a pull hamstring. Because I knew if Jeff had another game like that, I wouldn't play anymore. And then you'd probably say, who's Scotty Graham? Now, I think I would have been successful because I believe success is going to happen no matter what if you're a successful person. Just the avenue you choose. And mine just went this way to get to this point where I'm at right now in coaching. And I think this is my favorite spot. I mean, I really do enjoy this. I really enjoy developing in them and seeing them. Mike graduated last year. DJ already graduated. Nas is about to graduate. Those moments are great to me when I get a chance to do those things with them. Mm -hmm. You, we've talked about it. You have a stacked running back room. Does one of your guys, because they're all so different and they all have a different skill set, but does one guy remind you of yourself more than others? If you ask them, they'd probably say Jonah because the way he's built. Mm -hmm. But I was pretty fast. I mean, I was faster than I looked. And Jonah's pretty quick. We're probably, we're probably, if you ask them, they'd probably say Jonah. But I got a little bit of Mike in me too, a little witty, a little power like DJ. Not fast like Speedy. That's one I don't have that one because Speedy's like that fast. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that speed. I was fast, but not that fast. Not speedy fast. No. <laughs> Nobody got speedy fast. That's why you got nicknamed Speedy. Yeah. Okay, next fan question comes from Logan, and he asks, who is the biggest inspiration in football for you? Not football, life, my mom. I mean, she had four kids at 
23 years old. I couldn't imagine it in New York City, just knowing how much she would work and do for us that I never wanted to go through that. And that is what haunts me and drives me every day. I don't want to struggle. I've seen my mom struggle and it was like, I'm never doing that. I'm going to save my money. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. And that just haunted me. And it still haunts me today. Never, never. And I guess for me, the biggest thing I could tell you I've done in my life, I never missed one day of high school. Governor Cuomo literally wrote me a letter and I look at it every once in a while. I never missed one day of high school. Not one day. So my mother taught me lessons that really helped me. Like, why would you be late? Like, I, I, I'm like terrified of being late. I set two alarms every morning. Um, but I mean, lightning just says a lot about you. So having those principles is the main reason I do it. And my mom, just like I said, she really was, man, I mean, I work from 11 to 7. You know, four of us. I mean, I remember, like, I knew I had to grow up on my own. They did the term in sociology, latchkey kid. I'm like, that was me. Because they called it latchkey because you'd have a key on your neck. And you get in your house because nobody was home. And I mean, so those things, they drive me and they don't handicap me. They just drive me go, you want to be great? Then you can't, you got to do these things. And I'm willing to do it. Another fan question comes from Garrett. And he asks, what is your favorite part about living in Tucson versus other places that you've lived? The food, the calmness, the people, the mountains, the weather, the people, uh, great people here. They're amazing. The hospitality, the food is amazing. Um, my favorite spot, I don't know if I'm going to give a shout out to Nana's, but Nana's, Nana's is really good. It's up in um, Morena. Mm-hmm. Nana comes out and says hello. They have a really good uh, chimichanga. So that's kind of like I would go there. And then obviously Chicharro's is amazing. But Nana's is a lot closer to me where I live. So my wife and I love going there. Oh, I'll have to check that out. I live up towards Morena. So check out Nana's. Nana lives, Nana comes out in the back and says hi to you. Okay, I'll have to do that. <laughs> And then last question, a lot of people ask just about game plan. Is there anything you can tell us headed to Starkville this weekend? Hostile environment, aggressive team, physical, smart, tough. They're a physical unit. They play hard football. Um, you can't say too much about them and their staff. I mean, they've, they have a new offense, so I haven't got a chance to look at the other side of the ball. But special teams, got a returner that's going to play in the NFL. I and mean, he's got like five or six returns to touchdowns. So we got to work. Um, out in front of us and we're willing to put that work in and it'll be a really good game and a really super environment. Mm-hmm. We're looking forward to it. It will be an awesome atmosphere and we appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today, Coach Graham, just considering it's busy week prepping for this Saturday headed to Starkville against Mississippi, Mississippi State. So thank you for your time, Coach Graham. Thank you and always bear down. Bear down.